0: fellowshiphomealones.com. The following program is sponsored by Grace Church, Dumfries, Virginia.
1: Grace Church, real people, real lives. Grace Church, real lives, real change. Grace Church, real people, real lives, real change.
2: Hello. And welcome to Grace for Today. You can always visit us online at gracechurchva.org to hear this message and much more. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's teaching.
1: I want to be wherever he is. I just want to be in his perfect will for my life. Whether that puts me in a pygmy hut or the Trump Towers. Lord, wherever your will is, that's where I want to be. That's where I'm going. Hallelujah. Ready for the Word? I'm going to pray as you get your app going or turn in your Bible. Father, we thank you for the privilege of gathering around your Word. We don't take it lightly, Lord, that you speak to us, you communicate with us, you love us. Father, cause us to see we didn't see before. Cause us to be different, all because of what you have accomplished in our lives this morning. And the church says... Amen. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal. Gilgal literally means the house of stones. This was the place they made a monument to the Lord when God parted the Jordan River. Now, he parted the Red Sea to get them out of bondage, but he also parted the Jordan River before they moved into the promised land. And when they parted, uh, when God parted the river, they took stones from the bottom of that river, washed in smooth rocks, and they took it to Gilgal, and they made a monument unto God. And it's important that we don't forget the great things that God has done in our lives. And sometimes we need to mark places where God has done something great in order for us and our children not to forget. And Caleb... Caleb is a man that uh, is is, is celebrated, but we don't have a whole lot in the Bible about him. He was one of the 12 original spies, and and actually only he and Joshua were the ones that chose to believe that God could take them into the the promised land. And here's a, a truth I know, you know, at first you may be alone, but God will fight for you. And eventually, wisdom will be justified of her children. And you might have looked a little silly at first, but give it time, and God will prove that he spoke and that he was correct in his saying. Numbers 13 and 30. Let's take a look at this this Caleb and what happened that made him such an important figure in Scripture. Now, the spies had returned. There were 12 spies. 10 came with a bad report, 2 with a good report meaning the majority doesn't always rule and the majority doesn't always get it right. Democracy is only a good thing if the people are good. not getting any amens on that, but... uh, Well, the majority came back with a bad report saying they can't do it. And everybody was upset and everybody, you know, uh, was was up in arms. So, verse 30, Caleb quieted the people before Moses. And when people are panicking... Uh, one of the first things you need to do is calm everybody down and, and get them in a position to hear so people don't do anything uh, that, that, that uh, they'll, they'll later regret. And he said, let us go up at once and occupy it. He said, let's not hesitate. Let's go ahead and take what's ours. For we are well able to overcome it. Now th- th- it's important what this man just said because it's not... The size of the dog in the fight is the size of the fight in the dog. And this, this man, Caleb, he had heart. This man, Caleb, had fight. Now, there were ten punks and two. Yeah. Which category would you fall in? It takes heart to believe God. It takes some gumption to say, I'm going to do what everybody else says I cannot do. I like what he said to Timothy. He said, God has not given you a spirit of fear. And in the New Derek Greer translation, it says, God has not given you a punk spirit, (laughs) but a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Caleb said, for we are well able to overcome it. We have to develop this Caleb mindset. You know, if there's an obstacle or, or an enemy in your path, you have to be of the mindset, you know what, God is able to either get me through it or around it, but I know God's got it. This was the mindset of this leader. Then the men who had gone up with him said, you know what, we are not able So you see the argument, you you see the challenge, and, and you will face this. When you step out with God, there will be dozens of people to rise up and disagree. We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. Now the problem here is one group of men focused on their weaknesses. The other group focused on their promises. You see, what you focus on will determine which way you go. If you drive a car down the road, what's the danger of of, of someone fixing the tire on the side of the road? Why does all the traffic begin to slow down? Because whatever direction you look, your your car begins to eventually turn. And we go in the direction we focus on. So what we choose to focus on ultimately determines what direction we move in. So they brought to the people of Israel a bed. The, The King James Version, I think, says it better an evil report of the land that they had spied out. Now, did you realize that the Bible doesn't just call, you know, uh, cussing out your neighbor and, and you know, uh, uh, kicking the family dog? That, that's not the only thing that the Bible calls sin. According to this passage of Scripture, it's evil to say you cannot do what God said you can do. And I know a lot of you behaved on your way in here, and I'm excited about that and everything. But, but, but what we need to, to, to recognize, that many of us in, in God's sight are downright wicked. God said it, but we refuse. He called them evil because they refused to believe they could do what God said he would do. So what is the tag God would put on you? How many of you want to be evil? Oh. No. We want to all get rid of all that stuff. That's why we're in this this text today. So they brought the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out. Numbers 14 and 24. Listen to more of what Scripture says about this, this gentleman, Caleb. God is speaking. He said, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different Spirit, it's important that you take the risk to be different. You know, if you you look around, matter of fact, look around at this room, and you'll see a lot of normal. No, okay, let me, y'all not normal. Okay, how do I clean that up? I can't clean that up. But look around and watch people trying to be normal, and then ask the, the honest question, how's that working for you? And we're trying to fit in and, and we're, for what? So we could be just as dysfunctional? So, 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 so we could be just as heartbroken? I mean, we, we gotta fit in. Why? We need to make sure we're fitting in with the right group of people. You hear what I'm saying? I wanna fit in with the Calebs and the Joshuas. And Caleb has followed me, God speaking, fully. This man was not perfect. None of us in here are perfect. But what what was special about Caleb is that he went all the way. He wholly followed God. He followed him fully. And in these last days, a half measure won't do. We have to go all in if we're going to win. And sitting on the fence, being uncertain, unsure, when, 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 when we know better will cause us to stay in places of defeat. God says this. He says, this Caleb has followed me fully, and I will bring into the land where he went. Now, pay attention to this verse, because this verse is telling us basically how God works. What he'll do is he'll take you on a visit to where he wants to take you. Then watch your reaction to determine whether or not he's going to give it to you. Did you catch that? He took them to the promised land, watched their reaction to it, and then based on their reaction, determined whether or not they were going to make it in. I remember when my wife and I, we were, all, we were, we were broke, and we were struggling, and back then, you know, we would we, we, get in the car and, and we'd go visit a house. We knew we couldn't afford the house. We knew we couldn't be in that neighborhood. But we'd go in there, we'd sit in the couches, walk through the rooms, and honey, one day, you hear what I'm saying? One day, honey, that th- this, this could be ours. Or we go to a car dealership and, you know, if they were checking income at the door, we couldn't even get in. But, but we go anyway and, and we sit in the car and we slide on over, honey. Feel these seats. Don't they feel good? And, 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 and we sit in them and we say, you know, one day, honey. You see, what some people do is they see somebody with something a little more than what they got. And they start hating, you know, because they, they got a, and, and, and people, and, 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 and I ain't going in that neighborhood, they all stuck up, and they all footy, and they all and they do all that. But what you don't realize is God was watching your reaction. And your reaction just disqualified you from ever moving to that neighborhood. You know, as a pastor, you know, nowadays, it's, you know, it's, it's customary to beat up on bigger churches and bigger pastors, you know, with bigger, oh, they just compromise, they just da-da-da-da. But here's the deal. That's why that pastor will never get there, which you do not celebrate. Do you hear what I'm saying? God will take you on a journey to where you're going to go, and then he will check your pulse, watch your reaction, and your reaction will determine. Did you realize how often you've been tested? God took you into a new environment. He wanted you to be able to stay there, but because of your reaction. Be mindful of how you respond to the places God wants to take you. And then it says, and his descendants shall inherit it. There's some things that God's doing through us, even as a church here. God's not doing some of this just for us. Some of this he's doing is for our children's children. And it's not just for us. God has a bigger plan than just our generation, but, but he wants a beachhead, and he wants us to establish a beachhead in this generation so he can extend it down to the next. Numbers 14 and 29, God watched their reaction when they saw the land he wanted to give to them. Now watch how God reacted or responded to them after they said they couldn't do it. The carcasses of you, how many of you know that calling a human being a carcass is not a good thing? Yeah. They were dead men walking because of their attitude. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. Now, we think our complaining is a victimless crime. But did you know that, that, that complaining and gratitude, gratitude and complaining can't come out of the same space. It's either one thing or, or, or the other. But often it's our lack of gratitude and it's our griping that, that, that keeps us in our cycle of failure and disappointment. Here's something I've learned. I've been pastoring for a long time. This is something I know. Complainers may change their complaints. Matter of fact, they'll change it like, you know, a, 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 a new shirt. But they'll never change the amount of time they spend complaining. Why? Because it's a hard issue. Now, I know I'm not getting a lot of support this morning. But let me tell you something. If you stay at grace long enough, you're going to find something to complain about. Wherever you got people, you got problems. Yeah. If you're a complainer, I want you to listen. All that's going to happen is everywhere you go, you're just going to find new complaints and you're going to think it's the people around you. You remember the analogy I gave you once of a guy who ate some brie cheese? Yeah, well, he ate some brie cheese and got some stuck on his mustache. And then his neighbors invited him over to their house, and they took him on a tour of the house. And when he got alone with his wife, he said, you know, honey, that house really stinks, man. My neighbor's got a smelly house. His wife looked at him, no, it's the piece of cheese under your nose. And sometimes the thing that makes life stink is attached to us. You want sympathy or help? All right. I'll be nicer next Sunday. Come on, we need to speak the truth. Because I'm not not talking down here. I've been that guy. I've been that guy finding a complaint and a problem everywhere I go. But, but, But finally I realized the problem was me and not people. And when I owned it, that's when I got better. He said, you shall fall... In this wilderness, all of you who are numbered, according to your entire number, from 20 years old and above, only two men survived this generation. But pay attention. It wasn't because of these men's talent. It was because of these men's attitude. Your attitude sometimes is more important than talent. In fact, I'd almost rather sometimes a person with a good attitude than some super talented, prissy person that, you know, is just, you know, they just did, you know, they just so wonderful. I'd rather a good attitude. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I think God is the the, the the same way. We don't impress him with our talents. But we do impress him when we humble ourselves and 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 and, and when our attitude in our heart is right. Then it says, accept. Four, scriptures teaching us that our attitude can make us the exception. How many of you want to be exceptional? Uh, yeah, I, I know, I know, I do. But 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 here's what I know: a bad attitude is like a flat tire. If you don't change it, you're not going anywhere. Amen. I'll amen myself, that was good stuff. Joshua 14 and 6. We're going to see something that the casual reader would normally miss. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, where we began earlier, and Caleb, the son of Zephaniah the Kenazite. Now, how many of you love reading the Bible genealogy? I mean, you just can't wait to read the next Bible genealogy. Yeah. Well, if you read them, You'll find that they're there for a reason. When you trace the genealogy of Caleb, you discover that he wasn't a descendant of Jacob or Israel, but a descendant of Esau. Meaning, he was not an Israelite. That's the point. He wasn't an Israelite by blood. But God God wasn't concerned about his bloodline, but his heart. Your genetics make it, eh. it's not the genes you were born with, it's the decisions you make in life. This man had every genetic disadvantage. Esau was not only not part of the chosen nation, the Bible says about Esau and his descendants, it says, and Esau God hated. It's amazing that God would take someone from a group that he had the most displeasure with on the whole planet and raise him up and, and, and make him an example. So the point to each of us it is not our, 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 our genealogy, it's not our pedigree, it's it's not our race or our ethnicity. The issue is a matter of the heart. Can you believe? is the question you know joshua still speaking i'm sorry caleb the word which the lord said to moses the man of god concerning you and me now caleb speaking to joshua in kadesh barnea now this is important caleb had kept what moses said to him in his heart for over 45 years how long have you been waiting for god's word to come to pass This man waited for 45 years for God's word to come true, and and he he said, you know, I just got to live long enough, and I will somehow see, I know, the salvation of my God in the land of the living. Some of us get upset trying to believe for 45 minutes. I was in one service, and and man, it lasted 45 minutes, and, and every single situation in my life didn't change. God, I'm through with you. This man didn't wait 45 minutes, 45 days of 45 years and then he goes on and tells his story and it's important parents when you tell your kids your story don't just tell them the good parts. that's why they're discouraged because you tell them how wonderful you were and, and all the odds you overcame in your life and, and how they got it so easy and and, 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 and and the kids are like you know yeah mom I am a loser and we don't realize how that type of talk impacts our children. When we talk about, oh, I went through all this, and I'm, yeah, that doesn't help them. You know what, son? I, I messed up too. Yeah. Son, I did some of the same stupid stuff you do, doing. That's why I know what you're doing so well, because I did it first. You know, I, I just did it before you. But well, son, w- w- would you like to learn a little bit from me? Now, I can help you a little bit, because I went through it, had the consequences, and, and if you're willing to learn, I- I'll help you. And that has to be added attitude. We have to tell kids our story, and not just the good part sometimes. But please make it age-appropriate. I don't want you to go and tell your seven-year-old some of that stuff. <laughs> he says... I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Cadiz Barnea to spy out the land. So he's telling us his story here. And I brought back word from him as it was in my heart. We see it again. It was not Caleb's talent. It was his heart. Man, you want to be as talented as the next guy, but you missed the whole point. David was not the guy you'd look on in the outside. You know what? And here's the next king of Israel. In fact, the prophet got frustrated. He's, you know, all these brothers, like, that could be the king, that could be the king. David's daddy didn't even think highly enough to bring him to, to, to the session to be considered as king. But the Bible said David was a man after God's own heart. David was not perfect. David did some bad things. Not only did he sleep with Bathsheba, he murdered Bathsheba's husband, who was his most loyal soldier. Talk about bad things. He did some bad things. The Bible still says he was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because when he sinned, he owned it. When we read his record, he says this. Against thee and you only, God, have I sinned. It's not my daddy's fault. It's not Bathsheba's fault. It's not the way I was born the neighborhood I grew up in. It's not Saul's fault. It's nobody's fault but my fault. God against you alone, God. Have I? I'm sorry, God. I own it. I did it. You're healing me. And that heart God blessed. I don't always get it right. You will not always get it right. But own it. Admit it. And God will fix it. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I. Caleb said, I don't care what everybody else is doing. And at some point, you've got to make up your mind for yourself. But I wholly follow the Lord my God. Now, this statement may sound a little bit overconfident. But all he did was repeat what God said about him in Numbers 13 and 24. Sometimes people look at me like I'm just a little bit cocky. But the reality is all I think about myself is what God has said about me. You might get mad at me, but you might as well get over it because I believe it. Psalms 139, 14. David speaking by the Holy Spirit. He said, I will praise you, O God, for I, that's interesting. I do praise God because of who he is, but I also praise God because of who he is in me. I also praise him for the work he's done in me. I don't praise God as just some abstraction in the sky. I praise God, and then I look at myself as the evidence of his goodness. So, Bishop, I'm not sure about, I'm in the book. I will praise you. For I am fearfully. Somebody said that if if we knew half of the wonder that was going on in the inside of us. I mean, we are speaking spirits in God's image and likeness. We are going to live eternally with the Heavenly Father. I mean, God put our spirits into... The Bible said when God formed man from the dust... The angels begin to shout with joy. We are the most magnificent machine on this planet. Do you know how complicated it is for a being to walk upright? We stand on two legs, not four. We have equilibrium and balance. We have eyesight. Do you know how large the camera, now, in fact, they can't, we can't duplicate If you watch a film on TV, you'll notice that the, you have a, the star in the foreground, but everything in the, the background gets blurry.
2: We hope you were encouraged by today's teaching. You can get your copy of this teaching on our website at gracechurchva.org. That's gracechurchva.org. Subscribe to our website to learn more about Grace Church, and you can get directions, free downloads, and more. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Grace Church VA. That's Grace Church VA. We invite you to worship with us here at Grace Church on Sunday or Wednesday. We are just minutes from Potomac Mills and Quantico Marine Base. We look forward to seeing you here at Grace, where we are real people with real lives experiencing real change. That's our time for today. Thank you to the partners of Grace for Today and the Ministry Minute. Your loving contributions and commitment help us continue to stay on the air and reach people all around the world. And together, we are making a difference. Join us tomorrow as Dr. Greer continues this message.